Greetings, aliens. It is me, your one and only host, Ms. Ella Sanchez of the Nadia Pregunto podcast, because truly nobody asked for this podcast whatsoever, but I'm having a blast. I hope you are too. Um, you read the title. I know. I'm doing a little recycling moment for my episodes this week. Um, but I'll get into why, obviously. But before I do, if you're new here, hi, welcome. Thanks for becoming an alien, just like all of us here. Um, thanks for joining the mothership. Thank you guys. Love you all. And if you're tuning back in, then hi, how are you? Um, I don't know what else to say. I can just say that I love you, babe. Um, I hope you're being safe and sound. I hope you're protecting yourself. I hope that your maybe your birthday's coming up soon. Happy early birthday. If your birthday is in like five months from now, um, happy really early birthday. Um, and whatever the case may be, wherever you are in the world, just know that I love and appreciate you and thank you for tuning in. Um, but I'm just going to get right into it, guys. Um, I want to make this episode kind of short because my first episode of this exact topic is literally already up live and an hour long. So these are just some unfinished thoughts, if you will. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode and the continuation of my last episode. And we're back, fellow aliens. Um, wow, I'm really just going to get into it because there is a lot to cover and I definitely want to make this in within the time span I want to do it, which is like 30, 40-ish minutes. So inspiration for this episode, I always like to start with that. I literally did the same episode, same title and everything, just titled slightly different in my last episode. Go listen to that, an elaboration, a breakdown of do you really want kids? And yes, I am gaslighting you in that title. Um, but yeah, and I had the true inspiration is that I, one, amount of ideas, and two, I had some unfinished thoughts and leftover thoughts that I actually completely missed and forgot in my last episode, which I, like, it came to me as I was, like, typing it or, or, like, I, as I was speaking, but I didn't have, like, formal breakdowns, like, organized correctly that I could, like, you know, dive into deeper, but now that I kind of do, I'm just going to be labeling it at every category as like unfinished thought one, unfinished thought two of the same episode from last week. So if you really haven't listened to that episode, highly recommend that you do that. You may be a little lost if you don't, but um, I can't tell you what to do. I mean, I you should listen to me. But anyways, um, regardless, I'm just going to get right into it with a disclaimer. Same disclaimer as last week's episode. I'm not, I am criticizing who wants kids not I'm not sorry it is my podcast you can always click off hop off my dick honestly I'm tired of people coming at me for me wanting to come at a topic that everyone pushes under the rug and never really wants to dive diver dive deeper into because it's like you can say you want kids and all that jazz but baby did you really sit down and think about it if you listened to my last episode I did mention that yeah you can say you want all these kids and this and that and this and that, babe. But like, did you really sit down and think about why? Did you really sit down and think about the future and your career? Like the job you have, will it actually work? Like, will it actually function together? Which we're actually going to talk about today um, with an article I'm going to bring up later. But regardless, it is my fucking podcast. I do what I want. Um, it's literally summer. I My ass is out. I'm doing whatever I want. I am living life to the fullest. Um, but in a very nice and sassy way, I'm critiquing this because I'm not going to lie. Um, people that are parents, not just men and women, just like people that are parents in general, whether it's mom, dad, whoever, honestly, if they balance all the life that they have and still have sanity, bravo to you. I admire you. You are a real hero in this life. 
there really are like parents really get pushed under the rug i'm talking about good parents so if you're not i'm sorry this is not for you but um also if you are offended by anything i say to you today um sorry sweetie maybe you should really reevaluate the thoughts that you've been having about having children i'm sorry it's just the way it is in this society people say they want to have kids as an accessory baby you're talking about a kid as if like they're playing dress-up dolls like with barbie and brats like babe hate to break it to you but like children are literally human beings that you actually create they are not brat stalls barbies accessories that you can dress them up in dior gucci fendi like babe get with the program so regardless um if you are offended with anything i say in this episode <laughs> um just want to let you know that i am calling out that it, that behavior um because like i said children are not accessories you don't get to have them and only dress them up in gucci dior or like fendi versace like babe they're they're humans <laughs> they don't want that flashy stuff for real they literally just want to play toy story like i'm i'm so serious but regardless um honestly if i did have kids i would let them invest i would literally open a crypto account for them be like babe you need to understand what this is like i'm sorry like how are you gonna be my kid in this dumb like you just came out the womb like five minutes ago i understand that cute but like let's get with the program you have a brain we're talking about crypto and stocks today like that that's our like that's our lesson for today but regardless um and no i am not telling you how to live your life um, that's none of my business. It's not your business as it is similarly to judge what I don't want any. And it's not my business to tell you after everything I've said in these episodes how to do it. I'm just saying, pointing out the flaws and the wrongs and the wrongdoings, if you will. So honestly, so history doesn't repeat itself. Or so I don't have to witness terrible, terrible, terrible mothers or terrible parents in general. Not just mothers. I'm not going to attack mothers in that case. Because there are some terrible parents out there, for real. So... And honestly, I'm speaking on, on behalf of me and how I see shit along with like other things that um, like this article I'm going to mention in later. Um, but yeah, I, I think that everything is valuable and that if you do plan on having kids, regardless if you listen to me, because literally I'm not fucking Gandhi. You don't have to listen to me. But if you do really want children, like literally sit down with your thoughts and be like, yo, should I do that? Does that seem logical at all? Because people never do that. I feel like no one ever does. I feel like people just say they want kids just to say they do because they were told and they were, you know, see, like they would always see that in their lives. Not th Nothing wrong with that either. It's just like maybe one day you should really sit down with those thoughts and be like, hmm, well, I have witnessed being a parent or no, I have witnessed parents, mothers, fathers, kids in all of my life. Should I do this? You know, I am interested in this. Like, what could I do? What could I... What can I do better? What's my future going to look like? How can I make it, you know, a certain way? Like what will, like what steps will I take if this happens, if that happens, or if um, my partner does this, isn't that like, you should really think about these things. I'm not saying you have to do it when you're like 16. I'm saying like when you're at the age of you're considering like having kids in the near future. Yeah. You should probably sit down with those thoughts, bro. And if you come to a conclusion, you're like, Hmm, I don't know. Then, Hey, you go to therapy. <laughs> That's literally what people do that's the whole point so yeah um so let's just get into it let's just get into it um i'm actually gonna move my unfinished thought number four to number one right now because it's the article i'm mentioning because it's a really good article you guys and i will be linking anything i reference in my description and for this article i highly recommend a lot of the women read this or just people that plan to have kids like in general i'm not talking about just women in that sense so I apologize for misspeaking, but 
So my unfinished thought number four, that is actually technically number one, I just decided to move it. Sorry, no, you can't have it all. And that's literally the title of the article. Like, you can't have it all. And essentially, the actual title of the article is Why Women Can't Have It All. So back in one of my semesters for a gender studies class, if you will, um, only gorgeous, gorgeous girls take women's studies classes and gender studies classes because I just want to have more reason to tell men that they're not worth it (laughs) and tell men in this patriarchy that they are just filth sorry not sorry but one of my assignments was to read this article and did I read it all of it no because it's very long um but did I get the bits and jits of it yes yes I did it's literally highlighted and I'm actually fully maybe one day I will fully read the article when I have time because it's a really long article but my point still stands is that this article is like briefly about a woman that was in Washington, D.C. She had a government job. She was in a really high position of power. She met president. She met former president. She met like everyone in like the government. Like she was that bitch. Like I'm just saying she was that bitch. She was that girl. And so I introduce the narrator and author of this article, um, Anne Marie Slaughter. And she narrates her own article as she points out how unrealistic it is to have a powerful working job as a woman and also balancing being a mother and how um, for her it was nearly impossible and what needs to change, her solutions. Um, And I will say uh, before I even start the article, um, this is a 2012 article. So when she mentions presidents, it may be off because we're in 2022. So just in case you're a little confuzzled that's what's going on just want to reference it is a 2012 article that she wrote i don't know about her life now i just read that article who knows what her life looks like but here is miss slaughter's preface to her own article so the title of why women still can't have it all it's time to stop fooling ourselves says a woman who's who left a position of power the women who have managed to be both mothers and top professionals are superhuman rich or self-employed if we truly believe in equal opportunity for all women here's what has to change by Anne marie slaughter not gonna lie yo this was it for me like this was like the seal article title for me and like the preface and just the intro i was like this is exactly what i needed to hear as a woman in in college during that time, I think it was like 2020, really early 2020, um, or no, fall 2020 semester. I read that and I was like, yeah, this was my green light to not have kids. A really big green light. And so now I'm going to say her introduction, her brief summary of her job versus how she is as a mother, like her feelings as a mother in her job. So, and quoting from Anne Slaughter or Anne Marie Slaughter herself. So she states, 18 months into my job as the first woman director of policy planning at the State Department, a foreign policy dream job that traces its origins back to George Kennan, I found myself in New York City at the United uh, United Nations annual assemblage or assemblée, you know, of every foreign minister and head of state in the world. On a Wednesday evening, President and Miss Obama hosted a glamorous reception at the American Museum of Natural History. I sipped champagne, greeted foreign dignitaries, and mingled. But I could not stop thinking about my 14-year-old son, who had started 8th grade three weeks earlier and was already resuming what had become his pattern of skipping homework, disrupting classes, failing math, 
and turning, oh no, tuning out any adult who tried to reach him. Over the summer, we had barely spoken to each other, or more accurately, he had barely spoken to me. And the previous spring, I had received several urgent phone calls, invariably on the day of an important meeting that required me to take the, f the first train from Washington, D.C., where I worked back to Princeton, New Jersey, where he lived. My husband, who has always done everything possible to support my career, took care of him and his 12-year-old brother during the week. Outside of those midweek emergencies, I came home only on weekends. So I'll let y'all simmer on that. So essentially, she's talking about how she was having the dream, like the dream job of her life. She was meeting presidents, yo, presidents. We always see them on TV. We never actually see them in real life, yo. I, sometimes I feel like they're not real, to be honest with you. I just hear all about Joe Biden, Joe Biden. I'm like, does he exist though? I've never seen the man in front of me, but regardless, you know. Um, but yeah, so she has two kids, one that's already 14, one that is 12. And yeah, that's basically her little breakdown. So simmer on that if you want. And I'm going to break down Miss Slaughter. And she then debunks the common myths that are told to women and selling kind of like that ad. It's like kind of an advertisement. She describes it like she is saying how like they advert like feminism and feminists they advertise like this ideal or concept that women can do it all. They can have it all. They can have the kids. They can have the happy family. They can have like everything they've ever dreamed of in family and work related. But she goes and debunks that by providing how it doesn't work. Because like literally her article is like 20 pages long. I swear to you guys. It's so long. So if you want to know like the nitty gritty details of every single thing I'm mentioning. Because some of the stuff like every like section she would mention. Very long. Very, very long. To be honest with you, I don't have that attention span anymore. Which kind of sucks. I'm not going to lie. But she basically is stating how the myths that are told to women of about working full-time and being mothers and just being parents in general, like the myths that she is witnessing and she has witnessed and has been told. And so I go with number one. The first myth she wants to debunk is, it's possible if you are just committed enough. So her preface for this, our usual starting point, whether we say it explicitly or not, is that having it the oh having it all depends primarily on the depth and intensity of a woman's commitment to her career that is precisely the sentiment behind the dismay so many older career women feel about the younger generation they are not committed enough we say to make the trade-offs and sacrifices that the women ahead of them made now i would love to speak on this because it is so unrealistic yo because this conversation, like older women in this generation, like she's mentioning, that say this to younger women, I'm not going to lie to you, yo. This is missing the key element, which is pretty obvious, is mental health. I cannot tell you how many times I have seen parents hold it together emotionally, physically, mentally, and every other aspect to keep their family together and keep the emotions away from their children. Is that necessarily a great 
solution? Maybe not, because that doesn't really show the accurate representation of a human being, not just a woman, a man, whoever. It's not accurate to describe a, a human being without emotion that doesn't react to things, that keeps everything hidden. I'm not going to lie to you. I do that because... um we don't we don't um we don't like to talk about our emotions here because nobody ever wants to hear them but my point is that is like you keeping everything in away from your children especially because i can keep everything in because i like to deal with things personally on a different level like i prefer to be left alone for hours i don't want to talk to anyone i don't want to speak to anyone i don't want to be seen really i just want to be in my room just watching avatar <laughs> like that's really all i want to be doing and just watching something that makes me feel and more a little bit a little more better about myself and confident in myself as a human, not just a woman, not just a person, just like as a human being. Like that's what the conversation is missing. Oh, you're just not committed enough. Oh, so you mean to tell me that this Miss Ann Slaughter, Anne Marie Slaughter right here, you mean to tell me that if an older woman and like an older woman of the generation, of the working woman back in the olden days, if you will, were to come up to her and be like, Oh, sweetie, it's just because you're not trying hard enough. You're not, it's just, no. You know what I mean? Like, it just, that, that gaslighting, that gaslighting way, it's like, it's not accurate. Because what happens if you had a bad, Miss, Miss Slaughter had a bad day at her job, right? Something fell through, miscommunication happened, she's not feeling her greatest. Then she also had to, she has to put that in her mind, but also she has to put it in the back of her mind. Because if she's going to go home for the weekend, let's say that happens on a Friday night or a Thursday night, and she's headed back to wherever she is, wherever her family is in New Jersey, and she has to put back that thought of, you know, having a bad day at work, and then she comes home for the weekend to see her kids, and she's not fully involved emotionally. That's also what really sucks, is that being a parent of any kind to any child of yours or the ones that you adopt, whatever the case may be of however you brought a child into your midst, you have to put away your personal feelings and then somehow be alive and well and happy even when you don't feel like you are. Maybe you're at your absolute lowest and you have to put all of that emotional being behind you for just a couple hours when all you want to do is just fall apart, cry, go tell your partner, like, I'm, I can't right now. I want to cry. I want to like just unravel right now. I want to, I need to just be who I am right now. And you can't, according to this. Oh, you're not committed enough. So having a bad mental health day considers you being not committed. Good to know, but wrong, essentially. But regardless. I'm not an older generation woman here. God forbid I have mental problems. God forbid I have my depression flare up. Whatever it may be. And then her second point is that it's possible if you marry the right person. Now, in her summary of that section, she says, and I quote, In sum, having a supportive mate may well be a necessary condition if women are to have it all, but it is not sufficient. If women feel deeply that turning down a promotion that would involve more travel, for instance, is the right thing to do, then they will continue to do that. Ultimately, it is society that must change, coming to value choices to put family ahead of work just as much as those who put work ahead of family. If we really valued those choices, we would value the people who make them. If we value the people who make them, 
we would do everything possible to hire and retain them. If we did everything possible to allow them to combine work and family equally over time, then the choices would get a lot easier. I'm not going to lie to you. It sounds unrealistic when you read it out loud. Like people are like, she's basically saying if work and work companies, workplaces, work environments were to be like, hmm, you want to celebrate your son's birthday at the expense of my dime? I don't know about that. Sorry, babe. So I'm going to ha have to let you go, love. That's basically what this is. Like when you say it out loud, it makes you think like that's like literally not like that's like not realistic. That's basically asking like I'm not trying to debunk her, though. This is her article. Like whatever she's saying is absolutely important. Every every single comma, period, word, everything that she's stating is accurate. But basically what she's saying in this is like, yo, men are idolized. They are idolized for putting their career above everything. I grew up and a lot of Latinos in the world grew up with hardworking fathers and hardworking parents. Just to put that out there. Maybe they didn't have the hardworking father or maybe it was their hardworking mother and not their father. Whatever the case may be. Hardworking parents. Every immigrant parent does what they have to do. But what do all immigrant parents have in common when it comes to putting their job first? Not being there for you. Now, as I've gotten older, I've seen why my father did this. I understand. But at the expense of having children was not the answer. He could have furthered his career, gotten married, and just had no kids. And he could have chased his career even further than he has currently. But the man was not made to have kids. I hate to say it. I mean, sorry, dad. I know you don't listen to this, but I'm just saying he was not made to have this. He was not made to have kids. There are a lot of career loving people that are not made to have kids. If you are going to wake up me personally, for me, dance is not my career. It's like literally the thing I love most in the world. And not only that, I wanted to make it a career. I know what it takes to make it a career. Do I want to take those actions? Nor I don't. But like I would have if I wanted to, but I don't because I realized as I got older, I was like, mm, not really for me. But let's say I want to wake up and the current lifestyle I have now, which I previously mentioned in my last episode, the one before this, my last week one, the lifestyle I have right now does not correlate with having a kid, let alone in the future. My dream, yo, I want to be in the finance world. I want to understand what the fuck is going on in real estate. That's where money is, yo. Money lies within finances, lies within investments, lies within real estate. That's where it is. That's where the finances are. And you mean to tell me if I decide to do that, I have to put that first because that matters to me. Because money is required for having kids. It is. I don't care what anyone says. And I know a lot of people that are going to be like, well, if they love their kids enough, they'll find a way. I'm like, absolutely. Absolutely. Parents that love their kids, even if they don't have the most money in the world, they will find a way and it's admirable. It is admired. It is the most pure thing in the world. And I've seen it. It's beautiful. It's like something I would never, ever tear down. But also, I also believe having the right finances is the right solution. Like, it's just standard. It's not a crime to want to have enough money for your children. 
it's not a crime. And this also brings up a mini topic of how are you going to be hating on people in, let's say, college or high school, whatever the case may be, that had supporting, like financially supporting parents. And you are over here bitter, clearly. Being like, oh, I never had that. I'm like, okay, good good to know. I'm, I'm sorry, but like, you don't get to criticize someone for that. You really don't. Like, you really don't. Like, you don't get to be there like, oh, that's not fair. Really? Really? Really, girl? Really? You're judging this person when you don't even know them and you're bitter about it? Oh, God forbid this one woman in your class has enough money to buy herself everything she wants and also go to a school. Like, if she really had all the money in the world, she would not be going to school. Truly. Or if she was, she probably doesn't even care. That That's the reality. Well, there goes gravity. Like, I just want to let you know that, babe. Like, hating on someone that has the finances you clearly desire for yourself just naturally by the funds of their family is not a crime. It's really not. Yet you, in the back of your mind, are like, oh, I really want to have the finances for my kids one day. Yet you hate on someone that has those finances and you hate on someone's family that clearly had the finances to finance their offspring and kids and you hate on that. But yet again, you are saying you want to have the same lifestyle, basically. But the second you see it in real time, that isn't you. You're over here like, mm, I don't know about that. Pick a struggle, bitch. Pick a fucking struggle. You can't hate. I'm sorry. You really can't. You really can't. I'm sorry. You have to pick a struggle. But like I said, men are idolized for giving up their life for their career. Life. And admired. They're like put on a pedestal. They're fucking Gandhi. They're fucking God, yo. But if you're going to be one of those type of people, let alone just a man, then why have the kids then? That's what she's trying to point out. So there's that. Number three, another debunking and her argument that she meets with. Number three, it's possible if you sequence it right. And here she is, and I quote, young women should be wary of the assertion, you can't have it all, you just can't have it all at once. This 21st century addendum to the original line is now preferred, oh no, proffered by many senior women to their young mentees. To the extent that it means, in the words of the of one working mother, I'm going to do my best and I'm going to keep the long term in my mind and know that it's not always going to be this hard to balance. It is sound advice. But to the extent that it means that women can have it all if they just find the right sequence of career and family is cheerfully wrong. Now, that's also a really big thing. Because like she's stating, I'm going to, I'm going to be, or no, it's not, okay, wait, I'm going to keep the long term in mind and know that it's not always going to be this hard to balance. That right there, that line right there on its own, I'll say it again, I'm going to keep the long term in mind and know that it's not always going to be this hard to balance. So Let's take that into perspective. You mean to tell me that let's say your dream is having two, three kids, having the perfect partner, and your dream job is being a surgeon. So 
then you come to think of let's say you finally apply you finally went to school you finally graduated you finally did your everything and you're ready to actually be a surgeon in a hospital let's say we are we're already fast forwarding so many years past that you have your kids your husband your wife whatever the case may be your partner let's go with that you get hired and you are excited to take on the surgery and you get consults maybe four times in a day, weekly. And let's say an emergency came up with one of your patients that you did already. Maybe you're already months into this job, right? And then an emergency pops up and you're like, oh shit, I have to go to the hospital. I'm on call. You have to leave in the midst of the night. And then let's say it keeps coming. It keeps coming. It keeps coming. Every few weeks now. And then every few two weeks maybe it's every week now and then all of a sudden you're thinking oh it's not gonna be this hard it's not gonna be this hard my life will not be like this always and when i tell you it could be not always you know but it could be living in that denial of you thinking that you're gonna plan your whole fucking life to the t is not realistic hate to break it to everyone here how many times have you planned something in your life and it never went the way you wanted it to? I really want you to think about that. I really want you to sit down with those thoughts and be like, hmm, good question. Yeah, really think about that for a moment. How many times in your life have you ever, and I mean ever, had something in your life work out the way you wanted it to? It's never there. It's never like that. Like, it's never like that. Maybe once in a blue moon, for real. Maybe once a year. Maybe once every three years. Like, for real, it's a myth. Yo, it's not real. It's not realistic of any kind, of any sorts. You may think it's not gonna get, it's not gonna be this hard. But it is. Because being a parent is hard. Having newborns is hard. Imagine you just gave birth. Like, you're already in postpartum. And for some women, they have postpartum depression and you also have to take care of the kid and you also have to tend to your job does that make any sense at all like you think it's not gonna be this hard baby it, it will be it can be it can last for a while and anything it doesn't have to necessarily be postpartum or anything to do with just work it can be anything you planning this out is not going to work. It's just not. It's not realistic, yo. That's like lying to yourself that about your own future. So I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I'm just saying. And now I bring to the table the Miss Slaughter's solutions. And if you want to know what all these mean, read her article because truthfully, it was a lot to screenshot and also a lot to read. So... Her first solution is changing the culture of FaceTime. Two, revaluing family values. <laughs> Three, redefining the arc of a successful career. Four, rediscovering the pursuit of happiness. Five, innovation nation. And lastly, my personal favorite, enlisting men. And I already know enlisting men just means stepping up to the fucking plate. Men are pussies, bro. Men are just so bored in life that they think that the only answer is just providing. 
Sorry, that's not enough, babe. You got to actually be emotionally intelligent and present. Oh, no. Oh, no. You mean to tell me I can't pay someone's bills and I actually have to be there for her and the birth? Yeah, buddy. You got to provide, be there emotionally and physically and care. Like, genuinely. Crazy, right? Crazy, yo. So, yeah. I think that's kind of a rare thing that men experience. But, hey, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um point fingers no i am actually but regardless so on my unfinished thought number two actually it's going to be more on trauma right more on the concept of trauma and how it impacts you know younger generations and just me in general or people as a whole me personally i come off as hating kids but in reality i wouldn't mind any i wouldn't mind having two i think my when i was little i wanted two and then I, but then you realize as you get older how unrealistic that sounds too. But also, I may in the back of my mind want kids, right? I may want that. I may say I want to be free. I want to travel the world. I want to do it for this, this, and that reason. But the reality is my number one, my number one f fucking reason for no kids for me. I am just terrified of having even the potential risk of passing on trauma. I, that is my number one fear. My number one, top of the list, priority, scared, a million percent number one reason for not wanting kids is the possibility and or potential risk of even having a slight, maybe it can be less than 1%, possibility of passing down trauma to my offspring and kids. That is a valid reason enough. And I know a lot of people with trauma, they're like, oh, I'll just make it different. Oh, I'll just do this, this and that. Oh no, I love your admiration, babe. I love your dedication to that, but I really wanna see how you play that out because I know we're not perfect and I know you may do the best you can, but I love to be honest with you. It is still possible. And if you want to avoid it at 1 million percent like me, I recommend you just don't have the kid. I'm just saying. Because I'm not going to get into details because this is my personal life. You don't need to know that. When I actually have peace of mind and healing in my mind, I will probably get into the actual trauma behind me and my personal problems. But that's for my therapist one day. That's, that's, for, that's for them. That's, that's for them. That's the, like for the little secrets. Can you keep it, you know? But my point is that I have seen in my own family bloodline, not immediate family, just in my bloodline, how financial abuse is a really common thing, unfortunately. I've seen it. I've lived it. I currently live it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not going to get into details why you can simmer on that, make assumptions all you want about me. But um, I've seen it. I have. And then I see the kids of said financial abusive parent like parent and then getting into relationships with people that are incredibly or like having relationships or friendships even with people that are super rich super financially stable building relationships on that building friendships on that then you get into working together or being together as a couple or just if we're talking about friendships just working together maybe or work relationships whatever the case may be and then one day, it could, not saying it will, it could be ripped from underneath you. And what are you going to do then, huh? 
then if you didn't save any money for yourself exactly that's the example i want to use and i will just leave it to the ambiguity for the audience if you will so yeah there's that and i don't really even want to risk potentially even bringing that on and you may be thinking that's not genetic that's not possible oh sweetie similar patterns happen like that's how patterns work like that's basic psychology 101 patterns build if somebody sees it in their family financial abuse they are obviously going to look for someone and not even just like psychology like this is just common for most people not just women to seek someone financially stable to support them financially that's a very common thing that a lot of people do not a crime either i'm just saying not for me i would rather die just personally speaking I would rather literally die, just to be honest with you. And no partner in the world that's financially stable and makes more money than their other partner, would they ever let that swing without something in return? Let's be honest here. Relationships are transactional. They are. And especially dating relationships. So let's say I'm the breadwinner of the house that I'm I'm in. Let's say my husband makes a little bit less than me or a lot less than me. Not a crime either. But if he's going to be home, if he works from home, let's say, and I actually go to an office job, let's say that I would rather die, but I'm just saying it as an example. And I make all the money in the world. I make the bread. And I come home and there's no food. There's no meal. As a man with two working hands, two working arms, two working legs. Nah, you already know I'd leave fast. Yo, I would dip. I'd be like, oh, word. And if he had like a long work meeting, like if he really had meetings back to back and back, I would understand. That's totally fine. But if it's every night, like not once can that man cook me a nice mean pasta with some chicken, with some lemon on top of that, or maybe a nice like stew, maybe a nice soup, a salad, something bare minimum. But if you can cook in that kitchen, you're the one for me. But I'm just saying, I would leave for sure. Is that transactional? A little bit, yeah. When you really think about it, relationships are very transactional. And let's say it's vice versa. He makes more than me. He's going to expect me to cook and clean. I'm, I'm not going to do that. But in reality, that's how it would work. Like, that's how relationships are. If you flip the switch, that's how it is. That That's really how it is. It's tragic. It's not for me. It's just a hard pass, for real. It's just not my cup of tea. But I digress. And history can repeat itself. History can. Whether you want to accept it or not, whether you push so far out of that zone and that realm for yourself, the possibility is still highly there. It still is. And that in turn is the reason I do not wish to have the child that or said children. I just know I want to be a great out- outcome. That's all I know. I'd probably do the best I could, obviously, because I'm a mom, if that was the case. But I just don't want to risk having to have a terrible spouse. And, you know, you think you love the person in the moment. Then you get married to them and it's completely different. So there's that. (laughs) And no one ever knows that the partner that they're with is really for them, to be honest with you, yo. No one ever really knows. You may feel it. You may be in denial. And a lot of therapists are saying, or like a lot of love coaches are like being like, yo, if you get married in like the honeymoon phase, you're going to divorce for sure. Like that's really how it is. You have to go through every single phase of love in a relationship and i'm not gonna lie to you if after five years i'm not proposed to then yeah i'm probably gonna be like mm, yeah not for 
me, you know? I'd be like, damn, okay, for real? All right, word, you know? I feel like five years, six years is a solid foundation to know someone. And if I like you that much for five to six years, I think we're pretty good to go on the marriage part. But hey, you know what? Some people even do that and they get divorced of a year later, maybe 20 years later, yo. Like you've seen those celebrity couples that break up after like 20 years together. You're like, what? Not Will and Jada. I'm not manifesting that for them though. I'm not. I'm just saying. Like big name couples and you're like, oh my God, they, they divorced? When I heard Billy Ray Cyrus and like Brandy Cyrus were getting divorced recently, like two weeks ago, I was like, what the fuck? It's the Cyrus, not the Cyrus is. What the hell, you know? It's like one of those moments. You're like, what? I thought they were gonna be together forever. Yeah. And also logic with his ex-wife, people were obsessed with them. Pinterest made them couple goals. Tumblr was insane. And boom, they were like, actually, like five, six years later, they were like, so here's the thing. Like, yeah, that's, that's real, that happens. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying. And then my unfinished thought, number three the flaws within men's relationships with pregnancies now unfortunately my generation is one of the generations even though it doesn't always have to matter what generation of the man they come from but more than ever men cheat on their pregnant wives and girlfriends because of the lack of sex they are getting and feeling quote loose you are going to hell one million percent there's a special like spot for you there already waiting for you for the time that you actually decide to leave this planet and deal with the shit you have done how many times yo and i'm listening i'm talking to the ladies here i'm talking to the ladies here how many times have you or someone you know had the best partner in the world the best partner ever full of love was willing to do anything for them and everything in between and how often do they get treated like trash exactly that's what i mean that's exactly the topic of discussion in this moment in time yeah like it's real and then they get pregos and then they're like oh i'm gonna be able to keep him with this kid no no girl don't lie to yourself like that live in denial all you want but don't do it at the expense of a child that literally no and i i know a lot of the men right now that are listening to this are gonna get are gonna have a heated discussion about this and come at me so go so be it my favorite thing is to piss you off men are incredibly selfish for wanting to have several kids and when i say selfish I mean, assuming and without really considering their partner, without really considering what their partner, how many kids the said partner wants either. Like if you don't include them in that conversation at all, really, it's like, oh, it's like, I've met, I've met men, literally, I've met men that are like, oh, so I want three kids. I'm going to name her this. I'm going to name him that. I'm going to name him this, this, and that. I'm sorry. It's just not, a, it's like not up for negotiation. I'm like, um, red flag for starters and two really like do you hear yourself this isn't about fucking you bro this is about as a union of two parents or potential parents this is not about you bro this is about you together 
as a union to bring the possibility of children in this life. That is what it's about. Not you going over there and being like, I want this kid. I want my first kid to be a son. If I want it to be this, this and that. For real. Do you hear yourself have shame in yourself? And here's one thing I will bring up. A great example of this very scenario is an example brought up by Justin Bieber of all people. <laughs> he was on Ellen at one point. I don't know what year it was. I don't know. I just don't. I just remember seeing it all over Instagram. People were going crazy and I was too low key. Um, one example is when Justin Bieber was on Ellen and he was asked by Ellen like, yo, like, when are the kids coming? When? How many? And I quote from JB himself. Ellen asked him, how many kids do you want and when? And Mr. JB, the savage that he is in that moment, which I admired, is, and I quote, as many as Haley is wishing to push out. I love to have a little tribe for myself, but yeah, it's her body and whatever she wants to do. That is how you approach having children with a woman if you are a man that is how you do it because how are you going to sit here and be like okay so i want five kids one of them has to be a boy one of them has to be a girl five of them have to be all mine like you know what i mean like without considering their partner in this do you know how many pregnancies that is that's five pregnancies if you're talking about five kids five full nine months so i'm not essentially sure i don't know how math works but you can do the math obviously I'm just saying, that's a really long time of pregnancies if you don't do it back to back. I saw a video on TikTok, or not TikTok, on Twitter that somebody posted on TikTok of how this woman, she was zero years not pregnant. She was pregnant every single year from the year 2000 up until 2012, I think. Something like that. Something. If you were on Twitter, you probably have seen the video already. Or on TikTok, you probably have already seen it on the For You page. When I tell you I lost it, I was like, oh my god. I would have killed myself for real. I would have been like, yo, I can't even, I can't even imagine what one pregnancy is, let alone however many she was on. I think she had like nine kids. So that's, or no, eight kids, sorry. Eight kids, eight pregnancies for nine months each, almost 10. That's eight car payments. That's eight college tuitions and school tuitions if they choose to go to a private school. That is eight hospital bills of them going to the doctor being birthed if they did it at a hospital i would never like never my coochie would never ever do that but i will say though she was very cute i was like oh she's really cute i would never but go off girl i would rather die I, really please take care of yourself how many kids do you really want it's not worth it but go off all right <laughs> like that's how it should be, though. Asking instead of demanding. That, that's how it should be. And my fourth thought. The bounce back culture for women after birth is absolutely appalling. And, but y'all already knew that already. Let's be honest here. You guys already knew that. That's my my, this is my last and final point. One of my friends, she sent me a TikTok of a gynecologist. And I've seen her because she's on the Flow app. If you know, you know. Because on Flow, the period track or the cycle tracking app, essentially, it's um, it's a bunch of gynecologists like breaking down certain questions you may have or 
at like any point on your cycle, like any questions you might have during your cycle, it's actually probably most likely going to be answered like in your own app of a gynecologist word for word, how they feel and how you can do that. So one of my friends, she sent me a TikTok of a gynecologist who is also on the Flow app showing two models. The first one being a, like they're both physical and anatomical models, but the first one being the female uterus with no pregnancy, no children. Then how the uterus looks after pregnancy and, you know, postpartum. The difference shocked me and I wanted to cry. But, so if you see the video, it's just probably, it's probably on TikTok. You probably have seen it on your stupid for you page. I don't know about TikTok. People just send me some. So, the first one is obviously what you see the standard like diagram of a uterus, you know, no pregnancy. And then the second one, <laughs> obviously it wasn't super anatomically correct as she stated because there was no tubes, there was nothing, but it was just like the, it was like a flop. It was so big. I was terrified, not gonna lie. And I was like, nope, nope. Another reason I never want to do that. Anyways. And even the gynecologist on that TikTok video, she was like, it's really bad to expect that. Like, how are you exposed or no, supposed to bounce back to that first model of uterus within a couple weeks? That doesn't, that, that's just not realistic, yo. And like, you literally just gave birth. That, that's pretty much all she can say. And a while ago, similarly, I saw a video of a woman breaking down on YouTube what Emily Ratajkowski most likely have would like was doing during her pregnancy. So when she gave birth, she stayed the same body shape that she was pre, um, pre-pregnancy. And she talks about the potential risks that Emily put herself, her child, and her body at just to maintain the um, the body shape postpartum. And oh my god, yo. I have so many thoughts on this. And before I even give my final statement for this episode, I would just like to remind the women that are out there that plan to have kids without really deeply thinking about it. Okay. I know that everyone says, oh, just get a tummy tug. Do the mommy makeover. Babe. Me personally, I have seen two nose surgeries from my sister. One of them was actually because she had a breathing problem and two um, was because the first one, they messed up her nose, but they fixed her breathing problem, if that makes sense. Like her nose um, breathing, I mean, obviously no surgery. I see, and I know it's not the same type of surgery, of course. I know that. I know that surgery, no surgery and postpartum and mommy makeover thing are not the same type of surgeries. But I have seen what an actual surgery looks like. And it is terrifying. Okay? And actually, my sister, she was saying how her um, her nose surgeon actually had to take some of her stomach. Like her, like, lipo. She had to do lipo on her stomach for a certain part of her nose that she needed. I can't actually remember what exactly it was for, but she broke it down to me in the moment. And... She said after the surgery, when she was actually conscious enough to speak, she was like, it hurt so bad. I felt like I was literally about to die. Like it was horrible. Now, keep in mind, 
the whole point of liposuction or liposuction the most common most common thing for the mommy makeover for anything like that is literally the entire surgery like that's exactly what you do so for my sister to say it was that excruciating and painful and then for people that are you know wanting to be parents and wanting to have kids they're like oh i'll just do the mommy makeover i'll just do the you know the tummy tuck i'll just do the lipo whatever Saying your solution for the post for your postpartum body is like, oh, just a little quick and fix, you know. You're literally going to exert yourself even more, your body wise. Yet again. Like you just gave birth, and however many, however long your doctor clears you for that, it's like, oh, you're clear to do this, this, and that. To exert your body that extensively, even if you get the all green light from your own doctor. I just would be terrified, personally. And I'm not here to tell you that you shouldn't fucking do it. Obviously, whatever you want to do. Honestly, I'm not going to judge you for it. That's what the reason why the whole actual surgery exists. Yo, that's the whole reason why it exists. And it's not a crime. It's a solution. It's something that we should admire as women and people that can give birth. For real. It's a solution if you choose to go that route. However, though, for you not to think about it and think it's a one, two, three kind of deal where you're just going to be like, ah, got the tummy tuck the lipo the mommy makeover whatever the case may be sweetie actually think about what all those three things mean for real just say you're gonna do oh the mommy makeover sweetie google it google what that actually means and not only is it gonna be for your stomach it can be for your breasts it can be for your back even oh excuse me yo i actually burped into the mic i'm sorry but i'm just saying i'm just saying and in no way am i saying a woman shouldn't do it or anyone shouldn't do it, all right? It's not up to me to do that, all right? It's not my decision for that, obviously. You can do whatever the fuck you want with your body, and it's not my fucking business. But I'm just saying, think about it well. Just think about it well. And with that being said, I conclude from my unfinished thoughts of this episode from my previous episode. An ode to my other episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed this little sequence. I think this is pretty much the last of what I'm going to be talking about um, regarding do you really want children? That's all I can really think about. I feel like there's an infinite amount more, but I'm not going to get into that now because one, your girl is hungry and has a 7 a.m. class tomorrow, not class, dance in the morning. 7 a.m. sharp. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you. I just really want to eat and go to bed. So without with that being said, I love you all. Please be safe. Uh, please take care of yourselves and use protection. Get on birth control if you can and want to. And with that, I conclude.